Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your host, Chris Gianta. I might be becoming a bad baseball fan who can't enjoy the romantic things because of advanced statistics. 15 years from now, I want to be on the early baseball committee. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Kern. I literally have the fan graphs hoodie, the baseball reference t-shirt, just repping some stats, you know what I'm saying? It's not necessarily Hall of Fame. It's not necessarily above average, but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio, where we're talking baseball kind of whenever. I'm your host, Christianta, over there. On the other side of the screen is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? Chris, I am doing well today. Uh, if you listened to the last episode, you would know that both of us are now officially college graduates. We had our Springfield College graduation yesterday, and uh, it is now... I mean, I, I it's weird to say our summer because it's not like we're going back to school. So uh, right. it's now just our forever summer where it's but instead of school, it's work and there's never actual time off like this. Right. Yeah, it's it's uh it's very interesting. Uh, it's I've I still kind of have to tell myself that I'm not going back to school in the fall because, um, yep. yeah, I mean, when I leave. Yeah, when I when I left for when I left school i was like yeah i'm kind of ready for you know i'm kind of ready for summer kind of ready for for some time off from school but time off from school is like the rest of my life yeah but except (laughs) you know it's not like it's truly time off forever but hey yeah we we did it uh we both graduated yesterday and uh yeah i don't know yeah yeah it's very weird it is interesting um and yeah the pod goes on uh i was hoping to make it clear that like with the with the promotion of the episode that was not the last episode ever and uh yeah. this is confirmation that it was not it was just her last one from uh Springfield College campus um yes. but yeah uh the baseball goes on we're smack in the middle of it um and the you know some teams going in different trends kind of what kind of what we do at this point in the year and the Padres have dipped below 500 in fact, dip below three game or dip three games below five hundred. Uh, they are now nineteen and twenty two. They have lost seven of their last eight, with five of those losses coming against the Dodgers. And you know, we were talking about before the show. You know, if this were any other team, uh, and they lost a bunch of the Dodgers, it wouldn't really be news. But you know, this is a team that is they're fighting against the Dodgers in that in that division. Uh, what have you been seeing from the Padres and their struggles? Yeah, I mean, I, I looked into why things aren't going well for them, and it was very, very easy to see right away. Uh, they are not hitting at all whatsoever. Uh, over since May sixth, in which they are, you know, two and six, they are hitting one eighty four as a team. They have an on base percentage of two fifty one, and they have a slugging percentage of three twelve. All of those are overwhelmingly the worst in the majors over that span. They have a fifty seven weighted runs created plus as a team, and that's pretty terrible. Um, just to give you an idea individually, they have had 86 plate appearances in the last eight games that have gone to guys with negative weighted runs created plus, which is like impossibly bad. Uh, it's Trent Grisham, Matt Carpenter, Nelson Cruz, Austin Nola, uh, Brent Sullivan, Adam Engel as well. And though, yeah, those are the those are the ones that have got a negative weighted runs created plus over the time. Uh, and they've also given a lot of plate appearances to Jake Cronenworth with his 50 weighted runs created plus to Manny Machado with his 41 to Xander Bogarts with his 59 and to Hassan Kim with his 49. Um, so the only guys that are really hitting like 
profoundly well in any sort of way are Juan Soto, who's been like one of the best hitters in the league during this time, and Fernando Tatis Jr., uh, who, you know, he's come, he's come back from suspension and has looked great so far. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it looks like they have the worst weighted runs created plus in baseball in this, uh, in this little span here. Um, and I believe they've scored the least amount of runs. Uh, yes, they, or no, they've scored the second least amount of runs in baseball in this span, uh, just ahead of the pirates who are also, um, a team who was doing well and it is now struggling. We have the Padres have scored 19 runs in eight games. That's, you know, uh, less than two and a half um not very uh, they're, good they're, their pitching has also been very funny because they have a three to one era as a as an entire staff starters and bullpen uh but they have a fit of four eight seven yeah uh, so, so they've been incredibly lucky they have a team bat up against a 214 uh that is overwhelmingly the lowest in the majors in the time so you know the pitching has uh gotten every single break and the offense just isn't uh stepping up yeah, and you know, it is understandable going against the Dodgers staff because two of the two of their last three series have been against the Dodgers. However, there's a ba- there's a balance with that. You could be like, okay, they you know, they're facing a tough team, so they're losing a little bit. So they're so they're losing more. But also, there's they were sort of projected by many as the NL West favorite, you know, according to just those projections by like fan graphs, I think baseball reference probably also they were kind of the consensus favorite um, in the NL West. Uh, so they should be at least being competitive with the Dodgers. And we have not seen that whatsoever. The Padres are, as a franchise are just so weird. Every time they go all in, it just blows up in their face. And I'm not ready to say that it's over now because I mean, Xander Bogarts and Manny Machado are going to hit better. They're going to be giving less than 86 plate appearances to guys with the negative weighted runs created plus over any given eight game span going forward. Uh, it's definitely not over, but I mean, I think at this point, wild card is the most realistic option because they are seven games behind the Dodgers, I believe. Uh, and that's going to be really tough to make up regardless of who's on the Dodgers this year. Right, right. Yeah. You know, being seven games back at this point in the season, not great. And it's not like the Dodgers have really gone. It's not like the Dodgers have been that like absolute dominant force quite yet. And I think it's kind of, we we've kind of discussed it how they really seem to just as a franchise turn it up in like June, July, August, the the Dodgers yeah. do. Um, and you know, maybe that's a non-analytical way to look at it, but that just seems to be the trend. Um and yeah, in these in these uh Dodgers games, I mean, I guess I guess the one sort of silver lining you can point to is most of them have been very competitive games. Uh in these in these five Dodgers losses, you know, one of them was uh, you know, one of them was a one run loss. The next one, you know, they were an out away from uh winning, except Mookie Betts, you know, hit a clutch game tying home run, and you know, the Dodgers eventually won it in extra innings. Um, and then in this most recent sweep, uh two of the losses were by were by uh two runs. It was a four to two ball game. So you know, it's it's mostly about waking the bats up because that's that's been their problem. And that's, you know, when when the bats aren't being woken up, that's when you're going to lose close games like that. Yeah, that's kind of just what's what's happening right now. Um, Yeah, I would imagine the run differential isn't like terrible during this time. But, you know, it's still I mean, when you're hitting that bat, it really doesn't matter. Yeah, it's it's twenty nine to nineteen 
um yeah i think yeah but uh because they it, it looks a little bit i guess it looks a little bit better because you know when you're not allowing that many runs but you're also not scoring that many runs the difference isn't going to be as, as big as if you're scoring a lot of runs but also allowing a lot of runs and losing um because there's just a lot less room for variance um Looking into their pitching uh, more specifically, uh, Josh Hader has struggled during this time. He's only made two appearances naturally because, you know, I mean, you're not going to get many appearances when you uh, are losing all the time as a closer, but he did give up that home run to Mookie Betts. That's the difference between, you know, a two and eight or a two and six run and a three and five run, which is not nearly, doesn't look nearly as detrimental. You know, you're only one win away from having been 500, but, you know, he did give up that home run and that uh, was tough. Uh, the starting rotation overall has been fine. Michael Waka has made only one start at the time only in this time, but uh, you know, he pitched very well. Uh he only gave him one run over six innings. Joe Musgrove has made two starts. He's a three thirty-eight ERA. Blake Snell uh has pitched twelve innings with a three ERA. Uh Yu Darvish has a three ERA in six innings. Seth Lugo has the exact same thing. So, you know, it's the rotation's been fine. The bullpen has been okay. You know, there was obviously that hater home run that really made the difference there but it looks like a lot of the, the bullpen people have given up some some homers uh brent honeywell has given up a homer in this time and just five and a third innings pitched ryan weathers has done the same josh Hader obviously uh and then tim hill has given up uh two and four innings right so, I mean, the home run balls the home run ball has certainly been haunting the bullpen yeah and tim hill's a big ground ball guy so pretty surprising yes. to see home runs being given up like that but yeah and i guess also another silver lining is the pitching staff or at least the starting rotation is doing well against a albeit like somewhat compromised but still very very good Dodgers lineup you know we know they lost uh both turners over the past year but they're still a very very good lineup there and they've shown it this over this past season um yeah as far as the Padres uh future uh goes they you know have a have a good uh series to bounce back in this upcoming week against the Royals. They got three against the Royals at Petco Park. Uh then they host the Red Sox for three, who uh just came off a pretty brutal sweep, not in the sense of a uh, run differential, but in the sense that no. they two games. Um and then got crushed on Sunday night baseball. Yeah, there were two there were two very winnable games in there that they yes. lost. In fact they were leading in the two of them in all yes. in both of them. Yeah, yeah, leading in the ninth and in two of them. Uh yeah. so that so they host the Royals and Red Sox, and then after that they go on the road to face the Nationals, um, who haven't been quite the easy out that we would project them to be so far, but still the Padres are a much better team than than the Nationals. Um the Nationals have been, you know, interesting this year. I think they're I mean they're definitely below five hundred, but they're not outrageously, yeah. They're seventeen and twenty three. Uh only two and a half games behind the New York Mets. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. Um, so, yeah, uh, anything more on the Padres? I think we kind of covered all the bases there. Yeah, not, not you know, it's, if if this were, not that it's this segment, that, but this is slightly alarming. This isn't very alarming. Um, you know, they, we still got 120 plus games to go here with the Padres. Um, it's more just that, might be looking like the uh 
the Padres Dodgers regular season series is going to go similar to last year, but we saw last year that didn't end up really mattering because the Padres beat the Dodgers in the playoffs. So, um, yeah, baseball can be weird sometimes. <clears throat> be weird sometimes. Um, all right. So, uh, last bit of news we'll get into is the is that uh another raised pitcher down. Uh, Drew Rasmussen went on the sixty day IL with a with an elbow issue. Um, I forget the exact term. I think it was a flexor, something elbow flexor. Uh, but mm-hmm. he's going on the 60 day, 60 day IL, I believe. Um, I mean, what are we, what are we doing here? Yeah. I mean, I've said this many times on this show, but like somebody genuinely needs to investigate this organization because this, this doesn't happen anywhere else where every, where so many pitchers go down specifically with elbow issues uh, or long-term injuries, it, it does not happen in any other organization. And it happens to a lot of younger guys, guys who are, you know, kind of starting to break out. Rasmussen really started to break out late last year. Jeffrey Springs made a couple good starts this year and then went down with Tommy John surgery. Uh, Tyler Glass now has, has been, you know, having injury issues in his rehab assignments. Uh, yeah, it's it's not been good. There's no other way of putting it. Andrew Kittredge, Shane Boz, uh Garrett or not Garrett Clevenger. Um, yeah, there have been so many in in the last two or the three years where every single raised pitcher, uh, just finds a way to, uh, be in a long term injury situation. Yeah, we've we've seen that. Like even going back far enough, Yanni Chirinos had Tommy John surgery. You know, he was a promise, sort yeah. of promising at the time. Colin Pochet. Yeah. Poche, Chaz Rowe, big time, um, along with uh, Nick Anderson, I think got Tommy John surgery. He's with the Braves now, actually doing yeah. pretty well. But Even uh, um, like Brandon McKay, yeah, if you remember him. Right. Yeah, like it's – it's uh, we don't have any s- statistical data on it quite yet unless we really dug in, tried to get some good research going. But I'd imagine – I'd imagine that – elbow issue leaderboard is like them it, it'll look like the 19 the 1920 home run leaderboard like babe ruth with yeah. 54 and then the next best at 19 like it it's rough i don't know i don't know what to say here um and it and it affects the team very poorly because uh because yeah looking at the roster resource which i imagine you are um yeah, no, I mean, how many? They have one, two, three, four, five. They have six pitchers currently on the 60 day IL, and Garrett Clevenger is one of them, and he got injured in like that freak play, the rundown play. So, yeah. you know, that that's one you can chalk up to, you know, just unfortunate. Um, Sean Armstrong had neck tightness. So that's another one where it's, you know, it's not uh, elbow stuff. But yeah, Drew Rasmussen is a strained flexor. He's already gotten two Tommy John surgeries, believe it or not. And I don't know if he's going to get another one. But he's on the sixty day IL, uh, and it's it's yeah. Someone needs to figure out what's going on there and why this happens to the Rays more far more than anybody else. Yeah, sixty day IL. You don't do that when something's not serious. Um, but uh, but yeah, like I, and they I'm did it. They the did it the day resource. after his start. Like he pitched very well on Monday against the Yankees, or on Thursday against the Yankees. Excuse me, and they put him on the sixty day IL the next day. Yeah, that's wild. And nothing looked, you know, and nothing looked very clearly bad in that start. You know, like he came out, pitched well, and it's like, oh yeah, he's out for maybe the rest of the year. Right. 
and and the the team suffers because of it. When you look at the roster resource, you see only three starters out there. One of them is Josh Fleming, which was not supposed to, he was not supposed to be a starter. He's supposed to yeah. be like a long yeah, I mean long reliever. You know, after the first weekend, we were talking about a rotation with McClanahan, uh, Jeffrey Springs, Zach Eflin, Tyler Glasnow, and Drew Rasmussen. That's an that's a really good five man rotation. But now, only two of them are on the active roster, and Z- and Zach Eflin also had a brief injury. Uh, luckily, he's back and seems fine. But yeah, I mean, four out of the five have been injured at some point this year, and yeah, it's May fifteenth. And, you know, this is a team that got out to a fantastic start. However, that does not mean, especially in this division, that does not mean a crazy amount. I mean, it's it's definitely good, but, uh, you know, they're five up on the Orioles, but it's mid-May. Um, when you have, when you only have two starting pitchers, um, you know, two, like, at least consistent starting pitchers who you you expect consistent innings out of, that's going to lower your chance, your chance, your chances a lot. You could argue like the Orioles, even if they don't have a, as good of a rotation as the, as the, as the Rays do, they might have a deeper yeah. rotation than the Rays do at this point. Like that's not something you want if you're a Rays fan. Um, but yeah, uh, and yeah, so it it definitely worsens their chances at at doing well. And also, I think we saw in the 2021 playoffs when their rotation is not as deep as they want it to be, that'll it, it kind of has a great greater effect in the playoffs. It absolutely does. Yeah. I mean, Rasmussen, you know, was starting, I think, game three of those playoffs and no disrespect to him in 2021, but he was not the pitcher that he, you know, was at the end of 2022 and 23. You know, that did not look like a, a strong matchup for the Rays. And yeah, I mean, the, we could be going into the same thing next in, in October because, I mean, you know, this game, this team is realistically going to the playoffs at this point. They're 31 and 11. It would take a lot for them to not uh, to not make it there, at least in the wild card setting. But at this point, you can't say anything for sure, for sure, uh, especially with that with that injury history or that, you know, that uh, large group of injuries within the rotation. Uh, and if and if they do get there, you know, there's certainly questions on how far they'll go, because the bullpen has also hasn't been uh, performing particularly well over the over the recent span, you know, they just blew a six, nothing lead against the Yankees. They almost blew a lead yesterday against them as well. Uh, the bullpen has not been the, you know, impenetrable force that we've known it to be for a couple of years now. Uh, yeah, for sure. And when, and when you have to come in in like the fourth or fifth inning, uh, mm. following some guys that don't have as much starting pitching experience, you're going to be compromised a little bit. And I wonder if that affects the raised bullpen health, because, you know, there's going to be guys that are going to get more innings, maybe more innings than they should be getting. And uh, and it might affect them and might put them on the IL uh, because that activity is not something that they're necessarily prepared for. Uh, in the month of May, the Rays are tied. The Rays as a team are tied for the second lowest bullpen wins above replacement in the majors. They're behind Oakland and tied with Texas. Uh, they have 6.99 strikeouts per nine as a unit. 4.39 walks per nine and 1.14 home runs per nine. And that very easily could have been worse. Aaron Judge had a ball yesterday uh, that almost almost tied the game in the ninth. Um, it didn't, though, but that could have been a home run given up by Jason Adam. Uh, looking specifically at it, yeah, Josh Fleming, we mentioned, has a has 12 and a third innings pitched 
uh, in the month of May. Has a 584 ERA and a 776 FIP. Uh, that's not good, <laughs> to put it quite simply. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and since what date is this? Uh, is month the of May. Month of May, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a solid two week span. Um, not really a small sample size when you're talking about the entire team. Um, no. so, so yeah, you know, uh, you know, it, part of it could definitely be attributed to Rays coming back to earth a little bit. You know, they're they're five and five in their last ten. Um, and they were due to you know not be winning eighty percent of the games they were playing. However, yeah, injuries. Absolutely. Injuries are are not going to help them. It did. It certainly didn't help them last year. That that's a lot of the reason why yeah, they that's, had a. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's exactly why they you know kind of underperformed. Yeah, like uh, that that's pretty much the most of the reasoning of why they had a fourteen win drop from twenty twenty one to twenty twenty two. They went from a hundred wins to uh, eighty six wins, and now a lot of that had to do with position players uh, so which is you know not necessarily the same issues that they're that the pitchers are having but uh but you know even Andrew Kittredge like that was their closer in 2021 he got injured 2022 wasn't really much of a factor at all and there were probably a couple other guys that I'm forgetting right now but mm-hmm. um but yeah like injuries it, a healthy raised team can be really dangerous but that's a lot to ask for um no doubt all right uh anything more before we uh, get into players to highlight let's just do it all right so now we shall get into the um monday may 15 2023 edition of how about that uh who do you have for us today so my how about that for today is Nick Prado, a former player to watch of yours uh, for the Kansas City Royals, and he's been killing it lately. Since April 28th, he is slashing 377, 468, 585, 1053 for a 193 weighted runs created plus. That 193 weighted runs created plus ranks seventh uh, in that span amongst all qualifiers. So he's been one of the best hitters in the league uh, for the last two and a half weeks. During the span, he has a line drive rate of 36.1%, and that ranks eighth highest among the 247 hitters with at least 25 batted balls in that span. His sweet spot rate in this span is 44.4%, tied for the 14th highest on that same list. Uh, getting more specifically into it, uh, 27.8% of his batted balls have had a launch angle between 10 to 15 degrees. That is the highest rate. Uh, I'm on that list of 247, and it is 6.4% above the second highest. His BABIP on such batted balls is 900, and his expected batting average is 761. So it hasn't been too much of an accident that he's been hitting extremely well on those types of balls, and he's been hitting a far higher percent of them than anyone else. Uh, During the span, half of his batted balls have been up the middle. And he is hitting 611 on such balls, the third highest in the majors, and he is slugging 889 at the 10th highest. So Nick Prado was one of the you know many young Royals bats that people were hoping to see break out last year. We saw a little bit of it last year, and we've quietly seen it a lot in the last two and a half weeks. Yeah, Nick Prado. How about that? Um, looks like it's crossing another team off the list here. No, it is not. Uh oh yeah. Bullet, it is for bullet. us, but 
yeah foolish baseball bailey came in here and talked about chris bubich before he went down for a while yeah yeah shout out to foolish uh bailey um yeah so uh my how about that is uh someone i you know he's he's somewhat a little bit higher profile but just what he's been doing this season has uh really popped off and also i kind of i think i kind of have a rule where like if you're not on the MLB top 100 right now. Uh, not that I knew, but I just looked it up. Uh, then, you know, you're eligible for how about that? And he was not on the MLB top 100 right now. So I'm talking about Sonny Gray, um, who in eight starts this year has a 1.39 ERA and a 1.89 FIP and 45 and a third innings pitched. Um, and uh, out of 75 qualifiers, he leads the MLB in ERA and ranks third and FIP while leading the AL in FIP. Uh, he did not have good strikeout and walk numbers in his first start, but since then, in those seven starts after, he has a 34.4% strikeout rate, 32.2% whiff rate, and a 1.45 FIP. Uh, his strikeout rate ranks fourth highest in the span, His whiff rate uh, and his whiff rate ranks seventh out of 119 pitchers with 200-plus swings against them in this span. Uh, overall, from 2022 to 2023, his whiff rate has gone from 22% to 31%. Uh, and he has the best year-to-year change in whiff rate out of any starter in baseball. Um, and a lot of it has to do with how effective his breaking pitches breaking pitches have been. His whiff rate on his curveball and sweeper have both been increased by at least 13 percentage points. Um, so that is going to obviously make things a lot easier for Sonny Gray. Um, what is also fascinating to me about Sonny Gray, specifically this year, he uses five pitches at least 16% of the time. I don't know if there's, I don't know if any other pitcher in baseball has that type of pitch mix where they're using that variety of pitches that many, that often. Uh, he uses five pitches at least 16% of the time, and only one of the pitches has a slugging against over 267. And, uh, what has been added to the pitch mix for Sonny Gray is uh, is his cutter. Um, he went from throwing his cutter one singular time last year to making it his second most used pitch. And uh, hitters are slugging 200 against it. So it's been a really big benefit for Sonny Gray to add his cutter, um, which he uses almost 20% of the time now. And, you know, hitters only slugging 200 against it. So that is, uh, you know, it seemed to be very rewarding that he added it to his mix. Uh, so Sonny Gray. How about that? Yeah, that does cross the team off the list. And yeah, I mean, he had been begging for us to, to talk about him because he's been doing it all year. And he was one of the last pitchers to give up a home run too. Yeah, right. Or, I don't think he... Is sure he still I, not? I think he still hasn't given up a home run. That would make him the only pitcher to do so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So That's pretty cool. Good on him. And, uh, and I'd still argue the strikeout numbers are more impressive than that because he has made a great improvement in that he he had like a 24 percent strikeout rate which is pretty good last year but now it's um if you're round it's it's 31 um all right so now we go from the highest to the lows we're talking players with subjects that have been underperforming with our monday may 15 2023 edition of slightly alarming um who do you have for us today 
Yeah, so my slightly alarming is one of the premier players in all of baseball, and he just hasn't been uh, performing to his level lately. It's Julio Rodriguez of the Seattle Mariners. Uh, since April 22nd, he is slashing 157, 244, 300 for a 544 OPS and a 56 weighted runs created plus. Uh, he also has a 33.3% strikeout rate in this time, and that is the eighth highest in the majors. Uh, before this span, 4.6% of his batted balls were above 50, 50 degrees. And in this span, it is up to 15.9% of his batted balls. So he is popping the ball up a lot more. Uh, and that's really the only thing that's going wrong for him on the contact side. He's still hitting the ball hard, um, but he's obviously popping it up a lot more. Uh, but the real problems have been with his uh, his ability to connect. Uh, before this span, his outside contact rate was 64.6%, and in this span, it is down to 50.7%. It has gone down nearly 14%. His zone contact rate has gone from 87.5% to just 78%, so he's swinging and missing a lot more on pitches in the strike zone. And his overall contact rate has gone from 77% to 65.4%, so he's just... He is missing the ball a lot more, and most of his struggles have been against fastballs this season. He is hitting and slugging 100 against fastballs in the span, and that 100 slugging ranks tied for the 11th worst among the 328 hitters with at least 10 plate appearances that have ended on fastballs this season. So Julio Rodriguez, he's not hitting well. He's striking out a lot. He's popping the ball up a lot more, and uh, you know the Mariners are still kind of hovering 500, and they need to get their superstar going. Yeah, uh, Julio Rodriguez. Slightly alarming. Um, and I guess if you wanted to be optimistic, you could say, you know, it's oh, it's a little similar to last year. Like, oh, Julio mm-hmm. Rodriguez struggled at the start. Mariners kind of weren't what they were supposed to be at the start. Maybe it could be, maybe it could be like last year. However, you can't obviously you can't rely on stuff like that. Um, it could it could be a longer term issues, a longer term issue. Who knows? Um, but yeah, Rodriguez, uh, struggling to start the year. Um, my slightly alarming is a different outfielder, um, over in Queens. Uh, he's been really struggling. Starling Marte, um, in his last 23 games, he is hitting 205 with a 444 OPS. And out of 176 qualifiers, his slugging ranks the lowest and his OPS ranks second lowest. Uh, his strikeout rate went from 12% before the span to 22% in the span, and his walk rate went from 13% before the span to 3%. Uh, and then as far as uh, contact goes, bat- batted ball profile goes, his line drive rate also uh, went from 24% before the span to 19% in the span. I guess the most alarming thing is his sort of his athleticism um, is kind of faltering at this point you know it kind of makes sense going into his mid 30s uh his sprint speed has gone from the 68th percentile in all of baseball to the 40th percentile in all of baseball that sprint speed is very important he was a guy who in two months alone with the a's i think had like 20 stolen bases which was absolutely crazy and that was in that was only two years ago so that sprint speed going away it takes away a lot of what he does well um, and also his outfielder jump has gone from the 58th percentile to the 11th percentile in all of baseball. Um, so that, along with him really not hitting the ball well at all, uh, makes makes it for my slightly alarming. Um, all right. So that does it for the players to highlight. Um, it does. 
All right, I'll uh, reinvite you for the uh, last segment. Oh, right, yeah. So now we get into the final segment of the show where we preview the week ahead. I will get into series to watch. Daniel will look at the day-by-day uh, pitching matchups. Um, for series to watch, uh, they're, you know, not a crazy amount of, uh, you know, playoff contenders, you know, matching up against each other. Um, a really, so the, uh, a very good series to watch, maybe not record wise, maybe not based off the records this year, but I think just based off of trends right now, uh, Cardinals Brewers. I think this is a really important series for the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, they're coming off sweeping the Red Sox in a pretty clutch series for them. Um, the Brewers, I don't think, have been doing crazy hot the last uh, the last week or two. Um, so I think this makes for a pretty even matchup. And also the Cardinals, um, if they want to catch up in the NL Central, they're going to have to do pretty well in this series. Um, a sweep would really, really help them out and really help out their NL Central chances that they were favored to uh, win um, another just a fun series to watch will be Rangers Braves um, two teams they have the exact same record of 25 and 15 and uh, I think the premier series to watch in this upcoming week is the Blue Jays and Yankees at Rogers Center I think it's always pretty fun when these two teams match up uh, they're pretty evenly matched so uh, you know pit, starting pitcher wise you know offense wise there's a lot of a lot of different players to watch Um so, uh, so yeah, take a take a look at uh, Blue Jays Yankees this upcoming week. Uh, what do you have for the day by day pitching matchups? So tonight, uh, the Angels are in Baltimore visiting the Orioles, and we got a good matchup tonight: Shohei Otani versus Grace and Rodriguez, uh, mm-hmm. two very exciting pitchers. Obviously, uh, Alec Manoa will be going tonight for the Blue Jays against the Yankees. The Yankees have yet to announce their starter tonight. Uh, George Kirby and Tanner Houck will face each other in Mariners Red Sox at Fenway. Uh, Freddie Peralta will be facing the Brewers tonight for the Cardinals. will be facing Jack Flaherty, who's struggled this year. Um, Jamison Tyone and Framber Valdez will face each other in Cubs and Astros uh, in Houston. That'll be fun. Uh, um, honestly, that's going to be real with you. That's, uh, there's not really a match for the night tonight. I guess it might be Otani versus Grayson Rodriguez. So, yeah, I kind of I kind of went through that early. Hunter Green will pitch for the Reds against the Rockies in Coors Field. Um Alex Wood will face the uh, Phillies for the Giants. Pablo Lopez and Noah Syndergaard will face each other in Twins Dodgers. Yeah, matchup of the night. I'm gonna go with Otani versus Grayrod. Uh, not a whole, not not too many crazy matchups t- uh, tonight, but that's definitely the one that sticks out the most. Uh, and then on Tuesday, you have uh, Luis Ortiz, my Pirates player to watch, going against uh, Michael Lorenzen in Pirates Tigers in Detroit. That'll be fun. Jesus Lizardo will face the Nationals for the Marlins in Marlins Park. Kevin Gosman will face the Yankees for the Blue Jays in Rogers Center. Luis Castillo will face the uh, Red Sox for the Mariners in Fenway. Justin Verlander will face the Rays for the Mets uh, in City Field. That's a that's an interesting series. Uh, although the Rays are not announced their starter because they have none, <laughs> um, as we mentioned earlier. Obviously, Jordan Montgomery will face the Brewers for the Cardinals in St. Louis. Um, Shane Bieber will face the White Sox for the Guardians at Guaranteed Rate Field. Uh, the the We Will Play 500 ball this year. Rockies will be putting Chase Anderson on the mound in the year of our Lord 2023. Uh, so that'll be a fun one if you're a Reds fan. 
Uh, Brady Singer will face the Padres for the Royals in San Diego. Uh, Zach Wheeler and Alex Cobb. That's a that's a fun matchup for Chris. They'll face each other in yeah. Phillies Giants in San Francisco. Bailey Ober and Clayton Kershaw will face each other in Twins Dodgers. And matchup of the night comes from Cubs Astros again. Or no, it's not. Sorry, again. It'll be Justin Steele versus Christian Javier. Yeah, that's uh, two of the most interesting young pitchers in the game. Yeah, and if you're uh, if you're a Phillies player, don't you, don't you dare get in, in scoring position against Alex Cobb. It's gonna yeah. make a day. <laughs> you're gonna need to hit like triples with the men on first to have any shot. Yeah, <laughs> which luckily you'll be in San Francisco, so that's very possible. On <laughs> Wednesday, you have a couple of former Red Sox lefties, Rich Hill and Eduardo Rodriguez, going against each other in Pirates Tigers. Uh, Graham Ashcraft will go for the Reds against the Rockies. You will have Ryan Nelson facing the A's for the Diamondbacks. You will have Hugh Darvish facing the Royals for the Padres. Uh, Griffin Canning and Kyle Bradish facing each other in Angels Orioles. Edward Cabrera facing the Nationals for the Marlins. Garrett Cole will be pitching for the Yankees against the Blue Jays. Um, Kodai Senga will face the Rays for the Mets. Corbin Burns and Adam Wainwright will face each other in Brewers Cardinals. Spencer Strider and his like 18 strikeouts per nine. I think it's 15 actually. His 15 strikeouts per nine will face the Rangers. That'll be cool. Um, and then matchup of the day comes from Twins Dodgers. It'll be Sonny Gray versus Dustin May. Yeah. Good, yeah and we'll good skip name. Thursday. Good name combination. Yeah. We'll skip Thursday because there's really not much announced. We'll end it there. All right. So that does it for this installment of Above Replacement Radio. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this one. If you are listening uh, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and want to watch the conversation as it happens, go to our YouTube channel. It is called Above Replacement Radio. Have a full video podcast for this one. And uh, if you just want to check out our general digital content, which we'll be ramping up, um, go to the YouTube channel and subscribe to it so you don't miss anything. It is called Above Replacement Radio. And if you're uh, watching on YouTube, and want to know how to get the audio-only streams, go to Apple Podcasts and Spotify, where we are called Above Replacement Radio. And uh, if you want to follow us on social media, follow me on Twitter, at Chris underscore Gianta, and follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram, at Daniel underscore Curran, and follow the show Instagram, at Above Replacement Radio, for all the show needs. We hope you enjoyed this one, and we hope to see you uh, on probably Friday, where we will be talking all the happenings in Major League Baseball, once again, see you then. This conversation. This conversation is over. Is over.